Let's begin with a word of prayer. God in heaven, you are a great God, a God who loves us and cares for us, a God who is in control of all things. You deserve our praise because you are great and greatly to be praised. You are high above every thought. You are high above every action, every attitude, every intention. And so we want to submit ourselves to you and to your word today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. It was good for me. It'll be a phrase that you might say after we come out of this pandemic. Lord willing, if you come out of this pandemic alive, you may say, it was good for me that I had a home. Somewhere where I could be isolated in comfort. It was good for me that I had a job or a job security that I didn't lose it um, completely during this time. Or it was good for me that I had a family who still reached out, a family who connected with me, a family who loved me, a family who took care of me. It was good for me that I had food on my table and a grocery store that was able to deliver. It was good for me that I had health care had I needed it. It was good for me that I had safety, that I had my own health, that I had the comforts of all of just being healthy and put together. It was good for me that I had these things. Well, there's a text in the Bible which is going to show us a contrast of that very thought. I invite you to turn to Psalm 119 and we look at verses 65 to 72, focusing specifically on 67 and 71. When we come out of this pandemic, let us not be those who say it was good for me that I was comfortable or it was good for me that I was healthy or taken care of or had a good job or had whatever. Let us be those who echo the text here that says it was good for me that I was afflicted. It was good for me that I was afflicted. Let us be those who understand that and take it to heart. And so this morning, I just want to unpack that idea here and why that might be good, that you and I are afflicted. Let's read in Psalm 119, verse 65 to 72. This is the word of God. You have dwelt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good, and you do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolence smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. It was good for me that I was afflicted. Here, David appreciates and, and comes to appreciate the value of God's word learned through affliction. He learns the value of it. He says there in verse 71, it was good for me. Good. There's value 
There is something beneficial. It was good for me that I was afflicted. It wasn't good that I avoided affliction. It wasn't good that I was comfortable. It wasn't good that I had everything I ever wanted. No, it was good for me that I was afflicted. It was good for me that I didn't have a job anymore. It was good for me that my family was far off. It was good for me that I felt pain. It was good for me maybe that I even wasn't comfortable. It was good for me that I was afflicted. Here, David specifically is speaking of a time when God rebuked him sharply, where he felt the weight of the the judgment and the displeasure of God. So he was afflicted. And he says, that was good. Now, sometimes in your life and in my life, God will afflict us in this way. If there is something that you treasure or you value too highly, he might afflict you so you feel the pain of it. So you feel when it's taken away or when it, and when it seems like it's not quite accessible, you feel it, you feel afflicted, that's good for you. Because it might be in you revealing something of an idol, something that you maybe value more than you ought. And so here, David values affliction because of what it teaches him, what it um, causes him to rely on God and his word. So it was good for him to be Afflicted. I wonder when you're afflicted, when you feel the pain, when you feel uh, just this ache. Oftentimes, if you are a human being like me, you, you desire to get away from the affliction, to come out of it. And you're praying that God would deliver you from it. But are we going to be like David if we ever exist through an affliction like this, whether it is a sharp rebuke directly from God in correlation with an idol we may have? Or whether it is just um, like the, possibly this pandemic that we're in, that it is, there is just a general affliction. It may not be related directly to you, but you're enduring it by God's design and purpose, and so you are afflicted. We still ought to learn something from it. It is always good for us because God only does what is right. God deals with his servant. David recognizes here in verse 65. According to his word. According to his word, which is good and perfect. His, his word, which is enduring. His word, which is a, a promise kept. This is the word that God is, is now dealing out. And so he says, you've dealt with me according to your word. Like there's, there's nothing that I've, that I've been dealt, nothing that I have experienced that I cannot locate and, and go, hey, where's the character of God in this? I, I don't, I've never seen God work like this before. There's always the way that God would show himself to us through the way he's dealing with us. And it's not going to be unique. It's going to be in accordance with his word, who he is and who he has been and who he always will be. He's dealing with us in that way. And that is good. David says here, he, as he's learning the value, he wants to learn the value. Um, verse 72 tells us that he, that he values this. Not only verse 71 where he says, it is good for me that I was afflicted. Verse 72 says, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. There he begins to show the value of it. You could give me all the money in the world. The biggest house, the, 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 the healthiest body, everything you could possibly give me. And he says, it's better for me that I was afflicted. Why? It's better because I am experiencing and learning and trusting 
the word of God. That is better to me than all this world could offer me. All that I could pursue, all that I could gain, all that I could have. It is better for us to learn the value of God's word, be it through affliction, than to not value the word of God like we should and not value the promises of God and not value the way that God operates. It's better for us if God was to drag us through affliction and take away our family and take away all that we have and take away our homes and take away everything and make us sick. It is better for us to learn the value of God's word through all of those things than for us to just be comfortable and happy and healthy and not value God's word and not value who God is. It's better that we are afflicted. It is good for me that I was afflicted so that, he says, 71, so that I might learn your statutes. I might learn what you have said. I might learn what is true about you and what is true about me. And so that it might humble me, so that it might show me what really matters in this life. What really matters in all that you've created. It is a restored relationship with you. It is forgiveness of sins. It is glorifying you. That's what his statutes, that's what his word teaches us page after page after page. And sometimes we need to endure affliction to learn that. That's why David says it's good. And in its goodness, I've learned the value. I've learned that it is more precious to me. God's word is more precious to me than anything this life could offer, including gold and silver. So this is the way God deals with his servant David. Verse 65, again, he dealt with him according to this word, this valuable word that is worth all the treasure in the world, the kind of word, the gospel, the truth of God, that when you discover it, you're going to go and sell everything you have and buy that field. That you're going to pursue it with everything you have because you recognize its value. This is the word that is, it is, God has dealt with us according to so then in 66, he says, so teach me good judgment and knowledge. Teach me the, the right way of discernment. Teach me how to um, grow in my understanding. And it only comes through his word. He says, for I believe in your commandments. Verse 67, this is so important. He says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before I was afflicted, like before I learned the value of your word, before I learned the goodness of my God, before I learned it through affliction, I just went astray. I just did my own thing. I just insisted on my own way. I just trusted in myself and in my own morality and in my own righteousness. Before I was afflicted, I valued my health above all things. I valued my kids above God. I valued my time on earth and I valued myself more than anything. Before I was afflicted, I went astray in many ways. I suppressed the truth of God. I, I, I lived from, for the flesh and every desire I had, I pursued it. Before I, went, before I was afflicted, I went astray, he says in 67. But now, he says, I keep your word. I keep it. I, I keep your word. Because 68 says, you are good and you do good. So teach me your statutes. 
Teach me your statutes because you are good. I believe that. And you do good and you're going to deal with me, your servant, according to your word, which shows me your goodness. So teach me. Teach me your statutes. And how's he going to learn? He, he's going to learn through affliction. Teach me good judgment, 66 says. Well, how's he going to teach good judgment? Good judgment, he says, before I was afflicted, I did not have good judgment. And so he's, he's saying, the only way I'm going to possibly be a good judge of what's right and what's wrong, a good judge of my own uh, sinfulness, a good judge of my own weaknesses and my own temptation, the only way that I seemingly was able to learn that was when it was all took away from me. When I was afflicted, when God had allowed his heavy hand upon me directly or indirectly, when I experienced affliction and pain and suffering and want and need, it was then, it was then that I was able to learn good judgment, learning that I'm to value God who is good and does good above all things. David's asking him in 68, teach me your statutes. Teach me. I need to learn this. And he learned it through affliction. That's why he says again in 71, it was good for me that I was afflicted so that I might learn your statutes. He's asking repeatedly, 66, 68, teach me. Teach me. And the way he says he's going to learn, he's going to be taught through affliction in 71. So I wonder if you are willing to have God teach you. Are you willing to allow God to teach you even if it means affliction? Even if it means that your family is not going to call you? Even if it means that you're not comfortable? That financially you're stretched, that physically you are in agony, that your health care has failed you. Are you willing to ask God to teach you the value of himself and his word, even through affliction? Sometimes we don't even realize this is so important until we've gone through it. Sometimes it's in small ways. Just losing one thing, losing a family member at some point in your life. It's not a small thing, but it, in, in terms of time, it, it is. Sometimes it's learn, learning affliction through the loss of a job. Or just a, a bout of sickness where you're, you're sick for a year or two years. Or you go through cancer treatments. Like sometimes that's the affliction that you need to, to learn to lean on God. You learn, verse 68, that he is good and that he does good. How else are you going to learn that? If all that you experience is just goodness in this life and in this world, goodness in your health, goodness in your family, goodness in your job, goodness with your house, if that's all the goodness you experience, you're never going to look for something more. If you're satisfied here in this life, in this moment, you'll never, ever look for value elsewhere. And that's one of the biggest pitfalls of our sinful human hearts is we treasure this world too much. You think of the rich young ruler, right, that, that Jesus spoke with. And this man, he, he had kept the law, man. He was a religious guy. He'd kept every letter of the law. He says, I've done it. I've, I've kept all the law since my youth. To the best of my ability, I've done it. And, and he thought he'd get a well done. 
When instead, Jesus says, okay, we're going to test what you treasure now. Because you might have kept the law, but what matters is what your heart treasures. So he says, okay, sell all that you have then. You know what? Just sell it all and give it to the poor. And then follow me. Just follow me. And we know that Jesus' uh, uh, um, command for people to follow him was one of sacrifice and self-denial, to take up your cross and follow him, to to reject everything else, reject your own way, reject your own religion, to reject your own self-righteousness, to literally, for them, the disciples, to reject their homes and their families and their fathers and their mothers in comparison, to follow him, to to give up your earthly pleasures, if that's what needs to happen, but mainly to give up your own self-sufficiency. And this rich young ruler went away extremely devastated. He was, he was devastated because it was, it was revealed, it was come forth that he treasured things of this life far greater than he treasured the goodness of God in and through Christ. He didn't realize Christ yet. He didn't see the value and the treasure of the goodness of God. And so therefore it was a difficult thing and he, he wept about it. To, to, to follow after Jesus was not valuable enough. I wonder for you and for me if, if there was ever a real test of our own hearts and our own things and our own stuff. If there is something that, that you said, I'd give up everything Except that. Except that. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your money. Maybe it's your job or your, your beautiful home. What is that one thing that if affliction poked its finger there, you would ache and you might not want to give it up? Or you might not willingly give it up. You might not even say that you trust God with that thing anymore. Or you just feel the pain of it even thinking about what you might lose today or tomorrow, most of us value our life very highly, our health and our life. We value it. We treasure it so highly. And there's nothing wrong with that. God has intrinsically designed us to be um, made in his own image. We're to value human life highly, absolutely. We are to value it from the moment of conception until the moment of God taking us home. We are to value that life. Above money, above stuff, above um, even uh, our fears. We're to value our life because God has given it. But we're never to value our life and our health above God. And, and sometimes we, we do. We would so focus our, our affections on, and our time and our energy on preserving our own life that we would not sacrifice if if it meant going to a place where you would likely be killed to declare the gospel. That's why m- most of those places are still quite unreached. There is very few people in the world bold enough. We, we might say it in the comfort of our own homes here in North America that I would go and I would die for Jesus. Um, but until you face that, um, we can't know for sure if that is true. It's because of what we value. We value our life We value our comfort. We value our comfort. But here, may may God afflict us in ways to teach us so that we might keep his word. Because here David says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Like, I did not keep your word. 67 says, but now that I have 
um, been afflicted, I don't go astray anymore. Now I keep your word because I know the value of your word. I learned it through the affliction, through what you took away from me, through the pain you helped me endure through. I have learned the value of your word and the value of the gospel. The value of the good news of Jesus Christ is above all things. The value that there is a Messiah who would come and die for me. That is the greatest treasure I could ever have, but I only learn it through his words. So we ask him, as David did here, to deal with us according to his word, 65, 66, to teach us good judgment and knowledge. We believe his commandments. We, we believe in faith what he has said. We, we realize that he does bring affliction because often we are going astray and sometimes he needs to cut that off in a severe sort of way so that we would turn and keep his word. And recognizing in his word, it teaches us about the goodness of God, not only in who he is, but what he does. So then we want to learn again, teach me those statutes. And then 71, realizing that it is good for us, that we might be afflicted so that if it teaches us his statutes, oh Lord, let it come. If it teaches me your word, if it teaches me to value you and your word and your gospel and to love and to treasure Jesus more above things, then, then let it come. Let that affliction be ever uh, true in my life, ever evident in my life. Let it be so. Because the law of your mouth is better to me. It is better to me than a thousands of gold and silver pieces. It's better to me than my health. It's better to me than health care and safety and food and security. It is better to me, the word of God. So when the pandemic's over and you begin the phrase, it was good. It was good as I endured that time. It was good for me that I don't first and foremost talk about it was good for you that you didn't get sick. Or it was good for you that you were able to still talk to your family. Or it was good for you that you had groceries. Or that um, you had X, Y, or Z. Let that not be the place you begin. Let it be the place you begin that it was good for me. That God led me through that time. And for you and for me and for every person that hears this. It it will be a different weight of affliction. That we'll feel kind of the, the pain or the ache or the, the annoyance of this season. For most of us, um, it'll be little more than an annoyance, than just an inconvenience. And it's sad because likely through inconvenience, we will not learn our lesson. Ten years down the road, sure, it'll be a blip in our memory. It'll be a piece of history, but we'll not have learned. We will not have learned the, the word of God. We will not have learned the value of his word, the value of his goodness, the value of a relationship with Jesus above all things. Sadly, because we are so comfortable, because we have not been afflicted as severely as some, we might not learn. But let us be people who... As God leads through this time, that we might be those who would end and say, it was good for me that I was afflicted. In whatever way that was, and however that looks, whether it's this season or a different season in your life, so that you might come to the end, and as you are afflicted, as you go through the shadow of the valley of death, that you say, it's good for me. It is good for me that I was afflicted. If this is what's going to teach me, if this is what's going to show me that, that, 
the, the light momentary afflictions of this world are not worth comparing to the glory of God that is to come for those who are in Christ Jesus, if this is what's going to happen and this is what's going to make me value and treasure Jesus more, oh, how good it is for me that I was afflicted. It doesn't just apply in this season of our life, but it trains us for every season of life to treasure above all things God and his word, the goodness of God, which we see page after page in the text. That's why I love Psalm 119. It teaches us to value and treasure the word of God because of what it does for us, because of, of how it trains us and how it shapes us, how it rebukes us, how it corrects us, how it molds us into people to be more like God and more like Jesus Christ as we grow up into him by the power of his spirit. So often, we'll only learn this lesson when other things are taken away. And so may God do that, if necessary, in your life and in my life, so that we might treasure him, we might learn the value, we might realize that it is good when there is affliction, because we know that God is good, and he does good. So if affliction has come to your life, or when affliction comes to your life, you can say, it is well with my soul. And not just because you know something. You have this intellectual knowledge of the goodness of God and you, you know that the Bible has said that. But that you have known it. You have experienced the goodness of God in the forgiveness of your sins. And we only know that through Christ our Lord. That we would come to him and realize the value of him above all things, above all our, our trying, above all our efforts, above all of our life and our accomplishments, we lay it all aside and we come to the cross and say, I am a sinner undone. I am undone and I have nothing to bring. And all I'm going to do is, is cling to that cross. There we see the value of Jesus above everything we've ever lived for and everything we could live for. We see Jesus and him as high and lifted up. Let us never lose that wonder. Let us never approach the cross lightly. Let us never live our lives day in and day out forgetting that. And therefore, devaluing it because we treasure other things more. Let us be those who meditate on God's word and his goodness day in and day out. That we would beg with David, teach me, teach me good judgment. Teach me knowledge. Teach me your statutes. That we might learn your statutes. Be it through difficult affliction or delightful affirmations of his goodness. Teach me the value of your word and of your gospel, and of the goodness of his grace given to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no goodness of God that you experience apart from grace. You could never come to God and say, hey, I'm going to get a piece of that goodness because here's what I have to trade you for it. I've done this thing. I've been good myself. So why don't you be good to me? We don't deserve that. And that's exactly what grace is, is undeserved favor, undeserved charity, undeserved love towards you, towards me. Oh, God is so charitable. He is so loving. He is good and he does good. And so then we ask, teach me, deal with me, help me, bring me through affliction so that I don't go astray anymore, but that I might uh, believe your commandments Keep your word that I might value your statutes and your law above all things so that at the end of any season in my life, I might say it was good for me. 
It was good for me because God is good and he does good. And he, he, he deserves all the glory for that. And we see that at the height in the gospel. The goodness of God for undeserving sinners. We who carry this weight of our own sin to God. And the only way he would let us pass from this present age into the age to come and have any sort of life is through his grace. As we admit our sin before God, we run from it, we repent of it, we turn from it, and we trust him. As this passage says, it's just full of trust, right? It's just full of a trust in God's promises and God's word. And for here, for David, and I pray for you and for me, that we would learn through our afflictions, through our trials, whether it's now or at another time, that we would learn and we would be taught to value God and his word above all things. So let's not get through this time and have wasted it and have, have, have valued other things and spent lots of time you know, renovating the house and uh, working on some skills or doing whatever. Don't get through this time and just have accomplished that. Get through this time and, and come out on the other end and say, it was good that, that we as a humanity, that me as a Christian, that my church experienced this affliction, this trial, so that we might come out on the other end Valuing God more and his goodness more and his word more. Be people who are in the word of God recognizing page after page how he's dealing with you in his goodness. So that he gets the honor and the glory from the way and the result of that life. So that you're no longer going to go astray and, and follow after your own sinful desires. But now that you would keep his word, as verse 67 says. Let us be people that say, it was good for me that I was afflicted. So that I might learn your statutes. Let's pray. God, we are so dependent upon you. We're dependent upon you to teach us because we are inclined to trust in our own judgments, which are wrong, to trust in our own hearts, which are stained, to follow after our own desires, which lead us astray. God, we want to look to you in all things at all times that you might teach us, that you might show us your goodness even in the midst of affliction, as we come through seasons of affliction, be it this one or the next one. It's good for us. It's good for us, as it was good for Job, as it was good for David, as it was good for Paul to have a thorn in the flesh so that he might rely upon your grace and your power. God, let that truth be good for us, especially as we look at the cross. It was good that Jesus endured infliction so that we might have life. Thank you for that in Christ's name. Amen.